ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, 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 people. How's it going? Hope you're all doing well, wherever you are in the world. Currently, haven't recorded this one on my mobile phone. I've, I'm on, on the road. I'm up in Scotland. And I forgot to bring my microphone, so sorry for the poor quality. But anyway, this week on the podcast, this one is a really cool one. This is a conversation with a, a lady called Nikki, uh, with a lady called Nikki, where we talk about the aspect of trauma and how we can work towards finding trauma and how also how we can work towards healing certain aspects of ourselves that have been subjected to certain levels of trauma. I think in our lives we all go through different aspects of trauma and I think right now on the planet as I'm seeing emerging collectively there's definitely a huge uh, emergence of many people from all over the world all coming face to face with things that they need to work on so I think this is very much a perfect conversation right now for the what is going on on the planet I actually held back this conversation because this was recorded probably about six months ago now I think it was from my time in London and the reason why I held it back was because all this COVID stuff went up, was going on and I really felt that at the time I needed to focus on, on the COVID situation. So I think this is the right time now to release this conversation. It really is a cool one. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. In a few days' time, I'm also going to be doing an episode of Observing My Thoughts, a Q&A style. So if you guys have any questions that you want me to attack on that Observing My Thoughts in a few days' time from now, a Q&A style, please feel free to send over some questions. And also, guys, check out the Patreon page and the one-off donation option. really helps me to keep doing what I'm doing and bringing you these most amazing conversations on the planet I can. So like I said, if you have any questions for the Q&A, observe my thoughts, feel free to send them over via my Instagram, which is I am Dan Harrison, or through the Ascend Facebook page, or also as well through the Ascend podcast website email contact page. And that's all anyway, guys. Enjoy this episode. It's a powerful one. I love you all, wherever you are in the world. I'm just about to have a hot water and look at an amazing view up in Scotland. Peace out. Yeah, so like I was saying before, um, the conversation I would love to talk about with, with you today is the aspect of trauma. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, I think the aspect of trauma universally, I feel that everybody is going through it, whether they sort of see it in their lives or not. And we're mm-hmm. all sort of dealing with some degree of shit in our lives. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's certainly becoming a very, very um, interesting topic for everyone because I think, every, like you were saying, everybody is experiencing some form of unresolved pain let's use those mm. words because trauma isn't what happens to us it's it's what happens inside of us when what is happening to us is happening so it's essentially how we process and perceive and translate the experience internally and what we're carrying that we don't resolve that we don't heal that we don't process so essentially every single one of us is carrying something on unprocessed unhealed because our whole and state authentic being is wholeness every single human being comes into this world whole every one of us that is that is our natural state anything that then takes us away from that wholeness any form of separation from that wholeness is not who we are it's taking us further away from who we are and so you know, I like I think of trauma as 
these experiences that occur for us that happen to us when we're usually in childhood but then can also happen in adult life but the most impactful is when we're in our early years and how we process that um, or how that happens inside the body and then isn't processed starts to take us away from this state of wholeness what I like about this way of explaining it is is that it, it it says really clearly that it's something that we're carrying but it's not who we are the choice as well it's the it's a choice the ability to, to change it we have that choice it's not who we are it's what we're carrying who we are is wholeness and essentially why we're here is to find our way home Mm, whether we're going to do it in this lifetime or another lifetime but essentially that is our destiny that's our journey i think ramla said that as well didn't he i think you spoke we're about all one just of your walking videos each other home so good, and eckhart tolle will say you know this the destiny of the human species is is to come home is to come home to our state of wholeness and and you know, there's something really remarkable happening right now um, in the collective, and you'll, I'm sure you you have experienced it because you, we were talking about it earlier off camera. Um, but you know, this there's a massive conscious collective awakening happening right now, and people are going through the most challenging, biggest um, triggers of their life, um, having to really be faced with some really, really difficult aspects of themselves. Why? Because we're being called to come home fast. We're being called to awaken, to release what we're, what we're carrying that is not our truth, that is not our wholeness so that we can come home and then we can do something different with this planet to help it heal. Could, I love that. Could you um, sort of break down the different forms of traumas? Because I think it's very important because obviously when people think of the word traumas, they, the only perceived traumas is the big ones, sort of yes. anxiety and stress. But the, there's many forms, isn't there? Absolutely. And, and I think that's a really important point. I'm going to say it again. Trauma is not what happens to us. It is what happens inside of mm. us when the experience is happening outside of us. So trauma can be sexual trauma, it can be emotional, it can be mental, it can be energetic, it can be generational, um, physical, you know, it can, it can be any form of shock or separation in any form of our, of our being. So it can impact our energy, it can impact our emotions, it's likely to impact all of it in some form. But um, like I said, there's sexual, mental, emotional, physical, and, and energetic. Mm -hmm. Like we were saying before as well, in the aspect of how trauma is shaping us, I think, I think what the what the journey does as well as is the more that you sort of develop yourself and develop your mind, you do start realizing that that these things, because it's not about like you said, it's there's a choice. You understand there's a choice and there's ability for you to change these things, but it's not about. Um, blaming other people it's not about sort of um saying that it's me parents fault and things like that because mm. alan watts says something really great in terms of just the overarching theme of blame he says what you're going to do he says you're going to go all the way back to adam and eve in the garden of eden and blame them because yeah. that's this that's a symbiosis of this of this world is that if we are all one we are collective you can't keep passing the blame backwards and backwards you have to take a knowledge within yourself and think yes my parents maybe passed things down to me but it wasn't their fault they were just in a, an unconscious state and we have the ability to, to to now us to stop to like change the course of that yeah i mean i think one of the biggest processes and most common processes that i take people through is becoming really becoming fully accountable mm -hmm. for who we are and who we're being in our life and you know there's something energetic about blame that comes from such a lower energy it comes from such a lower vibration and it keeps us in a really um, ego state it keeps us in a state of fear essentially blame comes from fear you know when we can really become accountable for who we are being now you know we can't change the past we can't change the past it doesn't mean it didn't hurt it doesn't mean that it wasn't very very challenging if it was but as adults now we are now accountable for who we're being in our life. And if we're willing to take responsibility for that and the process of healing so that we can really be our higher selves, come home to our higher selves, not only does that heal ourselves, 
But we offer healing and transformation to the generations that came before us that couldn't do it for themselves and the generations ahead of us. You know, I spent most of my, if not all of my 20s, all of my teens, angry and raging at my mother and my father. And all it did was keep me in my trauma. It kept me in a victim, suffering, traumatized state. It was only when I started to take responsibility for how I was living my life and who I was being, and then to be able to start to see my mother and my father, not just as mum and dad who screwed me up, mm. but as whole beings, you know, really understanding the pain they were carrying, the, um, the stories they came from, and they didn't get the choices that I got, you know, really learning how to have compassion for the human experience. You know, that was the moment when I really started to, I, su I suppose, grow up, but not just grow up in a mature sense, in a physical sense, but grow up, you know, emotionally, mm. spiritually, energetically. And that was when healing really started to occur. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I know you, you slightly touched on it there about the, the aspects of um, of your own journey. Could you could you speak upon, if you're okay to speak about with some, maybe some of the, the aspects of trauma that shaped your life that you recognized? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the reasons why I work with people the way that I do is because of where I've come from. Um, you know, I, I had a very difficult childhood. Um, my mother suffered some trauma when I was actually in the womb, which I know now from working with ayahuasca and plant medicine that that really had an impact on how I experienced myself in my life moving forward. <clears throat> Uh, then my father left when I was before before I was born. My mother is uh, had mental illness, had suffered from a lot of trauma herself. Um, so it was a very very difficult early years for me. There was a lot of um, a lot of anger, um, a lot of depression in the house. And then you know I I sadly experienced sexual trauma in my teens. Uh, I then got myself into addiction and eating disorders and went down a whole 10-year path of destruction for myself. Um, and really, essentially, I was trying to escape pain in any way that I could. You know, I, it was like trauma being traumatized by more trauma, being traumatized by more trauma. And, you know, I think we see that happening so much today. You know, the original trauma then creates behavior that creates more pain and more pain and more pain, and then you lose so much power. So, you know... I hit a rock bottom very young. I hit a rock bottom at the age of 20. I was emaciated, uh, undernourished, um, getting high every day on, on all, all sorts of drugs. Um, I was bulimic um, and very, very unwell. And my self-esteem and self-worth was non-existent. And I was told that if I continued living the way that I was living, I wasn't gonna make it to 30. So I hit a rock bottom and I remember I, I had two choices. Either I wasn't going to live mm -hmm. or I was going to have to change everything. I'm very lucky that I found the courage to go down that path. And at the beginning, it was really just one day at a time. Um, I had to learn how to feel. I had to learn how to be honest and speak. Um, I had to learn how to live without running away and without escaping. Um I then had to process a lot of my own trauma. I had to process a lot of the sexual trauma, um, a lot of the fear that was in my body. I mean, it was, it's been a very big journey. It's been 20 years and, you know, I'm, I, I'm still going. Mm. Um, and, and what I'm coming to realize is the more that I release, firstly, what I realize very clearly on a personal level, 100%, none of this has been me. It's all been what I've been carrying. Mm. And all of this journey has been about releasing what is not mine so that I can really come home to me. I love that. How, how far, the question I've been asking myself lately is how far do you feel that that sort of the, the traumas go back? Because when I, I know when I've been, when I've had these experiences of psychedelics and things, these, these things to me have, have seemed like our oh, past lives and things oh, like that. I think it goes... Well, there's two. There's kind of. I know, two I know for people that sounds that sounds crazy, but when you when you come face to face with them in a very physical sense, with 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 um, a psychedelic experience, it's they're clear to see that there is something to going on there. 
I think there's two pathways to look at it. There's there's karmic work that mm-hmm. we have to do, and that yeah. comes from past lives. And I have had to do work on that. Um, you know, I've I've been in a relationship where it was very very karmic, and we really had to work out some shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with a past life healer, and I know that 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 was resolving and healing something from from another life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's generational trauma and so much, so much of what I have carried has, has come from my mother and then from her mother. You know, my mother is Malaysian, half Malaysian, half Thai. You know, when I really, really went deep um, uh, into the trauma in my hips and the trauma in my lower body, I really started to discover that I was carrying a lot, a lot of generational trauma from, you know, all the women from from... Southeast Asia from my from my ancestry that were raped and that were abused and that were slaves and you know we carry this stuff mm-hmm. energetically and emotionally not we're not conscious of it but we do you know I had this remarkable experience in I went to Peru to the jungle in July to work with the plants again and I had this incredibly beautiful experience where um, I asked ayahuasca to show me help me to know my worth and she it was such a beautiful ceremony and you know the plants took me back to when i was four and 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 i really healed i just she made me realize how loved i really was and as i was experiencing the love that i couldn't feel at the time i really could feel it in the ceremony and i could feel like it was just healing through my entire being and it was such a beautiful ceremony and then just at the end she brought my, the plants brought my daughter in. I have a six-year-old daughter. And my daughter walked into the ceremony and right in front of my eyes, I watched this fear that she carried in her belly just disappear. Mm, and I just burst into tears because I realized that every bit of healing that I, that I do on myself, every bit of trauma that I release from my own being, I heal for my daughter too she doesn't have to take it on and she won't pass it on to her children and so we don't just do this for ourselves we do it for f- for the whole line mm-hmm. in our family it's very interesting because one of my best friends he's got a young little girl who is my goddaughter as well and he he had a very similar experience when we were both taking psychedelics together where he had a vision of very similar to what you said where he was letting go of find finding out his traumas and, and having the vision of his daughter also as well being cleared of of that sort of that ancestral line of what's being passed down to him so mm-hmm. it really is some very profound stuff going on when you you slightly spoke about this before which i think is really interesting i would love to, to go a little bit deeper you were talking about the sense of how trauma can be stored in the body yes. could you dive a little bit deeper into that of how it's stored in the body well I, let me talk about um my view of what what i think occurs mm-hmm. so you know in the moment of impact let's say yeah whether it be small or big. And I really mean that. It doesn't always have to look like in the movies. It doesn't always have to be some violent abuse or um, an alcoholic father, even though those, those, um, they, they happen all the time. But it could be something as simple as walking across the road and your dog gets hit by a car or, or being a baby in a pram and you drop the doll and you have a doll and you drop it on the ground and you're trying to communicate to your mum that you've dropped the doll and she doesn't understand you and she push and she she pushes the pram off and you leave the doll behind. Yeah. Like those moments, they create such an experience on the inside of us that we can't communicate. That baby in the pram, in that moment of frustration, in the very moment of frustration, there's kind of two things happening. There's an emotional experience and an energetic experience in the body and then there's then there's an experience happening in the mind in that moment there may be a a a thought planted in the mind of nobody will ever understand me she the baby may experience frustration panic anger um, sadness separation and then this thought plants in the mind of uh, i can never be heard and in that absolute moment in time, it's like a millisecond moment of time. It's like that baby or that child's life freezes in that moment. And they begin to identify with that with that way of being. It's not like, 
oh, I've just thought this. We just think it's our life. Yeah. And then that child grows up, always living with this identification of nobody will ever understand me. And then they start building a life and they make choices based on nobody will ever understand me. I won't use my voice. I won't speak up. I won't follow my dreams. I won't, there's no point. And so it builds from there. You know, trauma is not what happens to us. It's how we translate it. It's how we perceive it and then how we identify with it. You know, my mother suffered from depression when I was born. So she literally, my father left just before I was born, she was on her own. She was suffering from depression. And uh, so when I was born, she couldn't, she didn't really have much to give me. Now I translated that as I was unloved, mm. I was rejected and I'm worthless. When I went back and I did some really beautiful healing with her and I started to ask her, How, what were you going through when I was born? And she told me her side of the story. I realized she didn't reject me. She just couldn't cope. And I, in that very moment, in like 24 hours, I went from identifying myself as being unloved, worthless and rejected to being, a, so I was really, really loved. You know, it's not, it's not what's happening to us, it's how we identify with it. And then we start building our whole lives based on this identity, you know, yeah. <laughs> so back to the question. <laughs> How does it happen in the body? You know, I, I've trained in oriental medicine as well. And, you know, in Eastern philosophy, emotion is energy. You know, it's just energy. So when we have an emotional experience, it's energy moving through the body. Now, its purpose is to move, is to flow. When we have an emotional experience that we can't process, which is normally based on pain or fear, you know, when we have a strong experience of pain or fear when we're younger, it's too much for us to cope. We either disassociate from the body or we try and numb out or we freeze. And that energy from that experience gets stored in the body and it doesn't move and it gets stagnant <clears throat> and it gets stuck. And unless we feel it, it can't move. So we then have this emotional experience that's stuck in the body and then we keep getting re-triggered over and over and then we wonder why we're having the same fight like a million times with different partners mm. or why we're having the same yeah. bosses all over again is because it's this experience that we need to process but we're not fully processing it you know if we feel something 100 percent, it moves mm -hmm. and then we release it but we are conditioned to not feel you know we're so we're all afraid of pain so much yeah and 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 the more afraid we become of pain the more we try to escape and then it becomes even more frightening to feel pain you know if we really if we really learn how to to really be with what's happening in the now to be with the human experience within us they pass mm -hmm they move the purpose of emotion is energy that moves through us it's key it's life force you know sadness sadness has the ability to 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 almost like water it washes us free it, it creates a letting go process you know anger has a, the ability to create fire and passion and allow us to, to take action and speak truth Fear is, is like warning us that there's some boundary that we haven't set or a mm -hmm. need that we haven't taken care of. We can have a different relationship to our emotions yeah. if we really learn how to be with them. So, you know, the emotional experience of the, of the pain that gets stuck in the body, it will continue to stay stuck until we're ready to feel it. I love that. So, you, so just to reiterate again, to go a bit deeper, so the ability to recognize it is the awareness Try, trying to develop the awareness around the around the self yes and the i think that's the very first step awareness is always the first step mm -hmm. to change you know we can't change anything if we can't see it you know as soon as we can see the patterns that are living our life yeah the the child that, that becomes the adult that thinks that nobody can understand him as soon as that we can see that this pattern is living our life we can start to watch it and when you start to watch it, it's no longer, you're no longer completely identified with it. 
And when you start to watch it and you start to become more aware of this this identification that that you've been living in your whole life you start you can start to go deeper going what what's at the core of this where where did this happen why why am i why have i been been believing this where's the pain inside of this you know also i think what's really useful is when we can when we can look at our triggers you mm, know most important. of us we get tri- I mean, there ain't no human being around that don't get triggered. Yeah. <laughs> that should be that should be t-shirt. That shouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know, but most of us. I would actually I, wear that t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, most of us, when we get triggered, it's so painful that we then go into some kind of judgment of ourselves, and we make it mean something that we're failing or we're weak or we've done something bad. But actually, the trigger is extremely useful mm. because it's showing us exactly where to look of where the pain is still there that needs to heal. And if we can change our relationship with our triggers to use them as the gateway to our transformation, that's where we find those core points of pain that have not been healed. That's how we find our way home. Yeah, I love that. Is there any, on a practical level, is there any tools that you feel that, that you can recommend to people to sort of start, start that self-healing process? Well, I think the first step is how much can you become accountable for becoming aware of yourself? You know, rather than looking out there for all the answers, Mm. rather than looking for that job to fix me, or if I could just change my body, or if I could just change uh, my partner, if I could just change all these things, then maybe everything will be all right. If we can start being responsible and looking at ourselves, you know, I was the only consistent factor through my whole life. Therefore, maybe, I, maybe I'm the one creating it. Mm. I'm not to blame, but I am the source. You know, we are the problem and we are the solution. So the first step, how can I become more aware of who I'm being in my life? You know, and, and, the, quick, and the quickest way to, to look at that is, where are the aspects, where, what are the problems that keep repeating themselves? What, what's the hamster wheel that I've been living on over and over mm. and over again? Doesn't matter what I keep trying to change on the outside, I keep coming back to the same place. You know, those are the points that we can start to really look at going, hey, I keep having, like I've just come through a huge transformation with my husband. We almost divorced last year, but we've come out the other side and we actually just got remarried. You know, we were having the same fight over and over again for nine frigging years. And I kept blaming him and he kept blaming me until eventually I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) I need to look at why do I keep feeling disappointed, let down, unsupported and unloved? Maybe I need to look at what what's going on in me. Mm -hmm. Now, the awareness is the first step to change. Wow. Look how I feel that same thing over and over and over and over again. That's step one. Step two, when I feel it, where is it in my body? Good point, though, by the way. Really good point. Not just I'm thinking it. Like, where is it in my body? Wow, it's in my belly. What does it feel like? It feels hot. It feels heavy. Uh, what's the emotion? It's terror. Start to really become aware of it as an experience in our body that we're carrying rather than reality and who we are wow okay so i often get a real experience of shame move through me whenever i you know take a risk or i go out in public in in my work or i stand and i publicly speak i'll almost always get this sort of big rush of shame through my body now i've become so aware of it now that i can let it move through me but i have no identification with it Mm. now if we can start to to become familiar with these experiences that happen that move through us and build and and watch them from the outside in okay wow every single time my husband uses that tone of voice with me i get this pit feeling in my belly it feels tight it feels hot it's what color is it it's black yeah there, there's terror there can i just sit with it now can i just be with it I'm just going to, right now, I'm just going to be with this experience in my belly without trying to fix it, 
without trying to change it. The more we can be with it, they start to pass. They start to lessen, they start to release. And that's when we start gaining more power. It's interesting because what you were speaking about there has come to my mind is that what the essence of what you're speaking about here is you're talking about enhancing these emotions. Whereas in the Western sort of understanding is about suppre- suppressing the emotions. So you're talking about here, which for a lot of people, I mean, don't understand this, that it's about going within inside yourself and, and taking a, a, on a basic level, just taking a good hard look at the things that you need to improve on as well. Yeah, look at them, but then learn how to be yeah, with them. Yeah, definitely. You know, everything, you know, I have a real, I struggle. And not be scared to do that. I struggle with the term mental health. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a really controversial thing to say, but I really struggle with it because it doesn't explain what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Firstly, it labels someone as sick. Mm-hmm. And then they are labeled with this diagnosis of I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. Um, and it's me. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Rather than there's something within me that I'm carrying that is creating this pain. Now, those are two very different ways of knowing ourselves. And mental health, and and it's not just in the mind, it's in the body and the mind. So the healing has to happen on both levels. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we need to enhance the experience. I'm saying we have to be with it. Mm. That's what I was trying to get to. And and most of us don't know how to be Mm -hmm. with the human experience. We... We build all these strategies, survival strategies, anything to get away from pain. But we've all heard this phrase, what we resist persists. Mm-hmm. Nothing will move until we until we face it. Nothing will release until we can be with yeah. it. It's what I've actually realized as well through, through my own life is that, like you said, as a civilization, we do try to um, hide away from the, the, the pain with inside ourselves. But really it's when, once you go into the pain, it sort of propels you once you've sort of looked at the pain and went to the underlying problem of what's causing the pain eventually that actually fires you off into into the bliss yeah so it, it's the pain actually really finds makes helps you find the bliss I, I i couldn't agree more i feel like on the other side of the shadow is is this incredible mm-hmm. light but we can't we can't sit in it until we go through the shadow yeah. you know and Gosh, I've had so many remarkable experiences when I have been brave enough to surrender, fully surrender to the experience that is moving through me mm-hmm. and to really feel it. You know, whenever we, I mean, who doesn't feel great after a big cry? Yeah. Or, or when you finally allow yourself to release your anger in a healthy way rather than hurting someone. It feels, it feels liberating mm-hmm. when you finally use your voice when you've been keeping it in for all this time. I remember a, a few years ago, I, I very sadly lost a baby and the grief was so intense. It was so huge, but I really surrendered to it and I felt it and it was so big, I thought it was going to break my body in half mm-hmm. and I was sobbing on the, on the bathroom floor and I really didn't resist. And as I was sobbing, and it was so painful, and then in the exact moment that it felt like my heart was breaking, my heart felt like it was opening. And in the exact moment of pain, it was this bliss of complete freedom mm. and peace. And I'd never really experienced anything like it until then. It was like, I have spent my whole life avoiding this, this pain. And, and going into it has brought me to such a place of peace. You know, when we, when we can be fully present with the now, that's when we find our freedom. Yeah. That's when we find our peace. We, I love that and seem to me, it's, it's like when the, the analogy of using is, cr- is crying, for me, it feels like sometimes when you do let, because for me, crying is a form of releasing, isn't it? it is. And it's well, because uh, it's energy. Yeah, it's like a form of liberation. That's the way mm-hmm. I see it. And I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's very important. Because especially where I'm from in the northeast of England, that um, and I know obviously this doesn't just count for the northeast of England. This goes for um, not just for males as well, but I'm just speaking from a male perspective. Is that there's a very dominant masculine energy within, mm. especially in the UK, and as a sort of a, a young man growing up in the world you sort of people say 
if you cry you're a, they call you um you, yes. you know what you know what i mean they call you different names and stuff and actually really it's it's okay to cry i mean and when you actually do it's it's you're actually missing out on something like really beautiful it's like a, it's actually a, a real um beautiful part of the human experience to actually be able to express that just like you express having a laugh with your mates yes cry with your mates as well yes. because it's the same form of thing that's happening it's just a, a thing a beautiful experience that's unfolding yeah i think it's a re- it's actually a conversation i've been having a lot with my husband lately he works with with men and in, in men in transformation and you know the real crisis of of men being able to communicate authentically with other men mm-hmm. um and and how many generations of programming you have to unlearn Mm -hmm. to allow yourself to show your vulnerability and to show your authenticity to each other you know that's why i think there's such a huge state of isolation between men and you know you're kind of going through a bit of a crisis right now because you know the the definition of what it is to be a man is being completely Mm -hmm. um redefined well it's the same for women the definition of of what it means to be a woman is being completely redefined so you know essentially what does it even mean to be a man you know how can you express yourself what what is it to be in the masculine you know i think we're in a really powerful and exciting and challenging time right now where we are really able to redefine these terms and and find what's really authentic and true and created ourselves i love that and i think just to add to that as well is i find from my own perspective is that once you sort of um once you step into who you truly are and you just sort of be who you are around around as many people as you can i think you start redefining it for yourself so yes you will um you'll I know the famous scene is that once you obviously become the become the light, people around you will be will be sort of um, what's the word? Some, I'll be attracted to the light. But it really is true because even with my close friends, a lot of background that I'm from is it was that sort of that laddie mentality. You know, you you don't cry, you you, you punch people in the face first, mm. stuff like that. And um, the whole mentality of my like upbringing was like that. And but once you get through that, and you actually just start more finding the pathways to who you truly are Mm -hmm. you reformulate like redefine the whole meaning of what it is to be a man a man anyway and and what what being a man to me might be different to someone else for being a man it also could be different to a female what 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 a man is you know it's and that's the beautiful thing is about just you will find it for yourself what you want to what you need to become basically let's let's say this instead that it will find you yeah i love that yeah that's true (laughs) um if you keep if you keep you know following the truth your truth um then eventually your your authenticity will Mm. just find you you don't have to find anything it's already who you are yeah i love that that's good though you know i think um i actually went through this experience myself you know i i I've, i've spent many many years um working only with women and i even built my entire brand based on only working with women my i was signed to write my first book called the warrior woman you know um my whole brand was based on being this warrior woman and then i went to the jungle in july and i had this huge huge ceremony where where i was taken back to the original point of trauma that happened uh, when i was in my mother's womb and she was actually dying while I was in her womb and I was experiencing myself dying too and ayahuasca made me oh my god it was so hard she made me feel every bit of terror that I experienced in that moment in time and it was one of the hardest experiences I've ever had to feel but when I came out the other side of that ceremony I felt such a sense of peace in a way that I don't think I've I'd never felt before And I realized that something that I had been carrying for 40 years that had created this constant um, survival energy within me had gone. And I came home and I realized that my whole identity, this warrior for women, was based on surviving trauma. And when that trauma had been healed, I no longer needed to be her anymore. I didn't have to be the warrior woman. 
I could just, I could stop fighting. I could stop being that strong superwoman person that I thought I needed to be to survive in this world. And it's been the most remarkable evolving experience in the last sort of eight months, you know, realizing, oh, you know, I don't even need to be her. Like that was, that was part of my trauma Mm. that actually, and what's really interesting now is that I, I, I find myself wanting to just wanting to work with human beings rather than just women. It's like, actually, you know what? You take away the color of the skin, you take away the language, you take away the clothes, you take away the culture, and we are all the same. We all have the same needs and we struggle with the same pain and we struggle with the same things. There's no difference. Definitely. I wanted to to speak upon um, the aspects of, I know we've spoke a lot about the aspects of psychedelics um, sort of cutting deep to them traumas but have you had any experiences with say things maybe say someone's listening to the podcast now on a practical level who's maybe sitting at home or whatever they're doing that they can practice this maybe when they get a moment but for example um breath work i know is a good mm. one um transformational breath work um, is sound so as well sounds powerful you know you can do breath work you can do breath work at, at home on your own yeah you know essentially you want to be breathing in and breathing out with absolutely no gap or pause in between the inhale and the exhalation you inhale and then you immediately exhale and you inhale and you immediately exhale you know if you continue that practice for a good 10 15 20 minutes Uh, without resistance and you know you have to really surrender it's absolutely it's so powerful it's so healing it's so empowering you can release so much stuck emotion Mm -hmm. you can release so much tension from the body that's a very very beautiful way of self-healing um another one is i mean i think that you know the old standard tools like speak sharing truth with other people not keeping things secret i think that's a very very powerful way of taking yourself out of the secret shame of what you're struggling with Mm -hmm. when we speak it out loud then it becomes something that we can start to face and becomes something that we're not alone with you know when things are sort of percolating you know in this sort of silent secret shameful place we it's very very hard to heal that way so you know sharing an honest authentic community journaling i think is really really useful just to stay conscious and awake meditation but you know i think meditation that brings you into the breath and brings you into the body rather than always wants to take you into the sky Mm -hmm. you know anything that allows you or teaches you how to be with what's happening in you in the present moment you know really just sitting i just call it sitting actually (laughs) just learn just sit and be and breathe you know gaining a practice of doing that 10-15 minutes every single day that really teaches you how to start being with the present moment when you're in the present moment you can start to experience all the things that you might have been trying to escape your whole life you know, there are other really beautiful ways of working or releasing um, energy from the body. There's, um, I mean, Tantra is a really powerful way mm-hmm. of, of releasing energy from the body. Kundalini is mm-hmm. a really beautiful way of releasing energy from the body. Um, yeah, I think we've covered those ones. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, sound, sound for me is a good one as well that a lot of people neglect. I find sometimes when I listen to music, music sort of sometimes navigates us and takes us on a journey into certain areas and lets me mind just wondering ponder and think about things you also said something really interesting and i want to add a little bit to it about the uh, sense of truth because i've been finding a lot lately is, is i've been trying to express a form of truth as much as i can but i've also found with it as well it's a it's a sort of a juggling act to try and um have a, an ability to understand what truth to give at certain times because yes. sometimes people who are around you maybe it's just not ready for that not ready for certain aspects of that truth so it's about sort of taking your time and managing what you do sort of give out and then eventually you you will you will get to the bigger truth but just just sort of um just measure it i mean i think what what i find really really empowering is if we can get to the point that we become very responsible for the kind of support network and people that we have around us in our life and not everybody in our life is is useful for everything 
Um, just one of them's gone off. They're two old kids. Okay. Fine. Not everybody is useful for everything. So you may have friends in your life that are useful for just like messing about and having a laugh. And that's great. That's mm-hmm. playful. Um, and, and then really wonderful and important to have at least like one or two people in your life that you know that you can call up and say anything Mm -hmm. like no holds barred you know hey man i need to just speak are you able to listen sure i'm ready to listen and go for it you know you don't need a lot of people one or two Mm. is enough you know and i think having having those different kinds of support networks in your life is really it's it's part of Mm self-responsibility you know um and i think communicating in that way has become it's like a lost art in in the world that we live in you know of social media Mm -hmm. and internet when everyone's dming and whatsapping and texting (laughs) when actually this god just being able to call someone and just speak Mm -hmm. uh, and from your heart is it's so healing having them one-on-one human connections as well because that was one of the reasons why i did this podcast before in person because the in-person element brings a complete different state of state of interaction you know it's like i said we in the world that we live in now our interactions are just through that device which is yes. really what is that is that is that a form of communication i know it's a it is a good way to connect like-minded people which it really is but when you can make an effort to to have interactions like this i wanted to touch on before I forget as well about you um because i thought it was really fascinating before I forget i know we've talked a lot about um trauma but i wanted to talk about your journey where you went to apprentice with a shaman could you describe that process Cause oh, i think yeah so when you, i heard you say it i thought we've got to talk about that so i've already talked about when i went to peru in july last year but i my very first trip to the amazon was 10 years ago so I was already 10 years clean from drugs and alcohol and my eating disorders. So, you know, my life was already starting to look better. I was already looking better. Um, but I had done all this work already. And yet I still kept finding myself coming back to the same pain. And I was in a relationship that was very, very painful. And I, and I was like, I'm carry- and I want to have children and I'm carrying something that I can't quite get to. Mm-hmm. I knew it, I could feel it, and I and I didn't know how I was gonna heal it. And so, and then as soon as I thought that I wanted to start healing this, I just kept bumping into everybody, people talking about ayahuasca. And that they always say that when the plant calls you, yeah, you, know. you you'll, <laughs> you'll just be, everyone yeah. will talk about it with you. And then I, and then I stumbled across this YouTube video of this, of this shaman called ron and uh, they call him the gringo shaman um he's this american that's been out there for like 40 years and i just took one look at him i swear this is exactly what happened i took one look at him and i thought oh my god i meant to work with him within a week i booked my flight i got hold of him he met me at the airport i went out there and i ended up in this hut in the middle of the amazon on my own And I, and he literally took one look at me and he said, okay, so we begin. And he made me drink this plant called Ohe, which he told me that they give often to recovering heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an, a really intense purgative. And it made, made me purge continuously for seven to eight hours. So I was literally on the earth in the Amazon, <laughs> puking my guts out. And uh, I, it was just so hard, but I eventually got through it. And then after, as soon as I finished, he let me drink this broth of, you know, just a little bit of chicken broth. And then he goes, okay, now you need to go and sit on your bed in your hut and sit in silence for seven days. I thought, what? And he goes, no mobile phone, no mobile mobile phone. No. And I wasn't allowed to leave my bed. I wasn't allowed to distract myself in any way. I had to just sit there for seven days. Someone would bring me food twice a day. And the only time I could get up is if I went needed to go Mm. to the loo. By day three, I swear, I thought I was going insane. My mind was so noisy. I, I felt like 
madness was moving through me. It was, I was fidgety, I was uncomfortable. I, I kept thinking, what time is it? What time is it? I, I don't know what time it is. It just felt like time was going so slowly. And he came and he brought me, he brought me my meal. And I wrote on a piece of paper, please, I, I can't do this. It's too hard. I can't do this. And he looked at me and he said, Nikki, this is about you gaining inner strength. He said, you have no core inner strength. Within you, you're just flimsy, like, like a, a tree being blown around in the storm with no roots. Mm. And he goes, this is going to give you that solid rod all the way through you called your core and it's going to be solid and it's going to be strong. He said, you can do this. You can do this. Trust. And as soon, and I was like, wow, that kind of makes sense. I, I, I had no sense of self. I had no center. You know, I'd done this work so far on myself. But once you took the addiction away and once you took all the substances away, you know, I was still a girl with not a lot of self-worth. And so... After he left, I had a few, a few oh, like one more hard day and then something started to shift. It was so remarkable. I was sitting on this bed and I started to notice that emotions would come and then they would move and then they would pass and thoughts would come and they would come and then they would pass. And I was sitting there watching the whole thing. Like I would watch these emotions and these thoughts come and then pass and come and then pass and in my whole life, I'd never been able to experience it in that way. Mm-hmm. By the end of the seven days, I felt, I felt like I could have done another month. I felt absolutely liberated. I felt so at peace, you know, realizing that these experiences that were moving through me, firstly, were not who I am. And that they move, they come and then they go. You know, my teacher always says, you know, the sun will shine, but then eventually the clouds will come and then the sun will shine again. And that's exactly what my experience was. So it was really powerful. It's interesting because I love that story and it's interesting because to me that that shaman's very, very wise. And it seems to me that he was, I mean, there's many reasons why he was doing it for, but one of the things that I see now in my mind is that he was creating a framework framework for the rest of your life because I think especially in the Monday world we don't really put ourselves in these difficult challenging situations anymore mm-hmm. the Monday world set up in a way where everything's just so easy for us now yes and um I think when I think you can you can there's things that you can do in your life even just for example you don't have to go and sit in silence for seven days maybe some people do but you can um like a cold shower in the morning or or just even do a, a fast a two-day fast or something like that just little challenging things that to you that are challenging and um them can provide that that framework even even just for the for the for the rest of the day because people don't have their moments do they well i think that because of the sort of easy access instant gratification way that we we are living in the modern world you know, people have lost their ability to have resilience and um, and presence. You know, most people are living in a you know a storm, being blown around in the wind all the time. Mm. And you know, when life, and the one constant is that life will keep happening. It doesn't matter where we go to live mm. or how much we try to run away. Life will keep happening. People will come. People will go. You know, people will pass away. People will be born. You know, life will continue to happen. And it's not about what happens to us. It's how we respond to it. You know, are we going to be able to stay centered and present? Or are we going to be blown around in the storm? And those two experiences are what determines our experience of life. And so, yeah, he was a really, really smart man. On mm-hmm. day one, he nailed me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely nailed me. And, you know, I had really, really hard ayahuasca ceremonies after that. But that seven days has stayed with me my whole life. That's exactly what, I, what, what happens for me when I'm facilitating a program, when anyone is going through difficult times, when I've lost my baby, when my marriage fell apart. Like that solid rod that, that, he, that he gave me in that training has never left. I love that. 
Yeah. Really cool. We'll leave it there. I think that's a good place okay. to leave it on. Really Great. cool. Thank you so much, anyway. Oh, really, thank really you really so cool. much for having me. Boom. <laughs> really cool. Thanks so much for checking out that podcast conversation there with Nikki. I thought it was a really cool conversation. And like I said in the intro, a really powerful one. Like I said in the intro as well, if you can, guys, I'm doing it observing my thoughts in a few days' time from now. If you guys want to check, send over some questions for the Q&A through my email or through my Instagram page or wherever else you find a way to get to me. But if you could send over some questions, that would be really cool. I will attack as many questions as I can. If you can, guys, check out the one-off donation option and the Patreon page. Really goes such a great way to support the podcast and goes such a long way in helping me keep and doing what I'm doing. I love you all, guys. You really are awesome. And it's so cool that the, how much this community is growing out there. It really gives me tingles and, and amazing sensations all over my body every single day when you guys reach out to me and all the love that you guys send over. And there is a great community forming out there in this world. I really... Um, I remember when I first started this podcast and I had no idea of all the amazing people that are out there and there really is so many incredible people out there including yourself so that's all I want to say anyway I love you all and just to play this conversation out as I always do this is a song I don't even know if I can pronounce this name properly but it's by an artist called Yama and the song is called Guchumusia, I think it is. It's a really beautiful one anyway, and it's very relatable. The song is beautiful anyway. So enjoy the song wherever you are in the world. Keep seeking. Peace out. Beneath me, I'm connected.
work is to honor the great beauty all around you. 